What it do, baby? Yeah. I feel like I need to start every episode that way. Anyway, welcome to the Well Actually Podcast. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Well Actually Podcast on all your streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You should also subscribe to the Well Actually Podcast YouTube channel for video content. Unfortunately, there won't be a video for this week's episode. Uh, my eye just isn't quite video ready. And speaking of the eye, stop asking for pictures of it. It's creepy. Besides, like the pictures are gross, like objectively gross. Like I don't even like looking at pictures alone, but even though I have to take them. And speaking of, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, so like a, t- a day or two after the surgery, my mom calls and I tell her the doctor instructed me not to do any like strenuous activity or whatever. So no gym, no workouts, nothing. So I essentially have a prescription telling me to get fat and I will happily oblige. Anyway, so there has to be a point in like divine motherhood where they develop the skill where you can like steer any conversation towards marriage or dating. So she's asking like, how is everything at home? Is your girlfriend taking care of you? Did she bring you anything? And I'm like, huh? What, 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 what girlfriend are you talking about? You know, I don't have one. And she just straight up hung up with me, like without saying another word. I mean, that kind of hurt or whatever, but she didn't even say bye. So yeah, we have a pretty interesting show today, and I know I probably say it a lot, but this time I actually mean it. So let's get to the show. So we're starting off the news and notes with a bit of an update on a story we touched on earlier. And now it's been reported that an 11th U.S. tourist has died in the Dominican Republic. And I don't even know what to say now. At, At this point... It seems like people are only going because they're chasing a deal and they figure travel or hotels are going to be cheaper now. And it's just crazy all around. Like, what what are you doing right now? Like, do you think you're going to be exempt from what's going on? I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it is what it is. All right. So volume one, as we'll call it, of the Democratic presidential debate just happened. And the highlights were as such, uh, Elizabeth Warren, she basically has a well thought out plan for everything. Like no matter what the topic is, she is on her stuff and she knows what she has to do and she knows what to say. And New Jersey's own Senator Cory Booker will bring up his proximity to poverty to just any answer, whether it has to do with his plans for the economy or climate change or where Kevin Durant is going to sign in free agency. He's going to bring up the hood one way or another. And also, he really can't control his facial expressions. uh, But we've all been there. So you can't really complain there. And according to NPR, uh, he had the most speaking time out of any of the candidates clocking in at almost 11 minutes, which is about a full minute more than the next highest, which was Beto O'Rourke. And Julian Castro, uh, mayor from San Antonio, he announced himself on the big stage. He wasn't afraid to go head to head with the well-known uh, Beto, who's also from Texas. And that strategy seems to have paid off because a lot of the pundits and a lot of commentators are raving about his performance there. And then, of course, he capped it off with the uh, famous line from the night. And if I'm elected, we'll say adios to Donald Trump. 
and he's Tejano, so you know, he didn't have to jump through all the hoops of everyone else that was trying to sound bilingual on on the debate stage, which was just cringeworthy, but it is what it is. And perhaps a sign of the times or a reflection of where the country is. Certain issues were actually brought up so early into the campaign or even mentioned at all. And it indicates what a lot of people seem to care about, chief among them being gun control. And of course, the fact that a lot of these topics are even being national talking points are because of Bernie Sanders. And and he'll take the stage with the rest of the candidates along with Kamala Harris, probably after this episode is already out. And this also brings me back to the recent Nigerian presidential election. Uh, when Atiku left the, the debate venue because Buhari wasn't there, his excuse was he didn't come to debate candidates, he came to debate the president. Well, we see how that turned out, so. Niger Alpha. Uh, and moving on to something else that is probably going to dominate the rest of the news and notes award talk. As some of you may know, the 19th. BET Awards aired this past weekend, and from all indications, they put on a really good show. A great funny host, DC native Regina Hall, you know her from movies like Girls Trip, Think Like a Man, and of course the Scary Movie franchise. There were amazing performances and some really, really touching speeches, and we'll get to some of those in a bit. Uh, so if you're familiar with the podcast, you remember the first episode was all about the Grammys and consequently the reaction to it. Or maybe you won't. I mean, I barely remember it, and it's my podcast. Anyway, we talked about how the Grammys got it wrong, and they're so out of touch, and if they're going to keep ignoring, quote-unquote, us, we need to do our own thing, and so on and so forth. And my response, and I won't take, like, credit for it or whatever, it's like, I'm not the only one with this take, was that we do have our own thing, and if we place more emphasis on it, being snubbed by others will be less of an issue. And there was a speech that illuminated that idea, and I'll let you hear it. When I built my studio, I built it in a neighborhood that is one of the poorest black neighborhoods in Atlanta, so the young black kids can see that a black man did that, and they can do it too. I was trying to help somebody cross. The studio was once a Confederate army base, and I want you to hear this, which meant that there was Confederate soldiers on that base plotting and planning on how to keep 3.9 million Negroes enslaved. Now that land is owned by one Negro. It's all about trying to help somebody cross. While everybody was fighting for a seat at the table, talking about Oscar so white, Oscar so white, I said, y'all go ahead and do that. But while you fighting for a seat at the table, I'll be down in Atlanta building my own. Because, because what I know for sure is that if I could just build this table, God would prepare it for me in the presence of my enemies. Rather than being an icon, I want to be an inspiration. So. Thank you, BET, my new family. Thank you, everybody. I want you to hear this. Every dreamer in this room, there are people whose lives are tied into your dream. Own your stuff. Own your business. Own your way. God bless you. Thank you, BET. Thank you, Scott. I love you guys. Thank you. 
So yeah, that was part of Tyler Perry's speech for his Ultimate Icon Award, and it really made me consider a few things. So until this year, I'd never actually watched a Tyler Perry movie or any of his TV shows. I mean, I'd see the preview and just be like, you know, that's, that's a no for me, dog. So the Medeas and the Browns and just, they weren't my thing. Anyway, built this movie that was causing all kinds of debates and think pieces about whose side you're on, and I'm sure just by the description, some of you already know what movie I'm talking about. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this movie a shot. And it wasn't terrible, I will say that. But of course, I could see what caused all the debates. It was one of those movies where every creative decision went with the most dramatic option possible. And I'm talking about Acrimony, of course. And I probably shouldn't have dismissed all his movies immediately, but I probably won't be watching any more. The other thing I wanted to get into, and this ties into Tyler Perry talking about owning your stuff and his studio. Combined, did you know his movies have grossed over a billion dollars with a B? Like when you couple that with how low his production budgets are, it makes him one of the most profitable filmmakers out there. And I think that is something worthy of like salute. So like salute to Tyler Perry. Uh, also, Mary J. Blige was honored and she was like, I'm gonna do my own tribute. So she pulled out the auntie choreography and brought out some guests and there was just nostalgia everywhere. It was a beautiful sight, it really was. And it harkens to the whole, give people their flowers while they can smell them. And I'm happy that they were able to like celebrate her, not in like a somber mood or it's like where everything was just a big celebration and everybody got to relive some old, some old Mary really and enjoy everything that uh, she means to them. So some of the other winners included Beyonce for best female R&B pop, uh, Bruno Mars won for male, and funny thing is he's won that three years in a row off of the same album, like no new material has come out. Uh, Cardi B won best female hip hop artist, uh, Nipsey won best male artist. And when his family came out and accepted his humanitarian award, it was some really deep stuff from his family and you could tell they're still very much in mourning. Uh, Lil Baby won Best New Artist, Migos won Best Group, Sicko Mode uh, was Best Collaboration, Cardi won Best uh, Album, so it goes along with her Best Rap Album from the Grammys. And what was the shock of the night? Snoop won Best Gospel Song. <laughs> and he beat out Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond. Now that's the kind of result that would ordinarily cause a, a boycott if it had happened at the Grammys. And of course, for the third year in a row, a Nigerian artist won Best International Act. Uh, David O won last year and Wiz won the year before that. Uh, also when Wiz won that time, it was divided into Best International Act for Africa and uh, the rest of the world. And I did some more digging and then it seems like Nigerian artists have won a lot in this category when it was divided between international Africa and the rest of the world. But then uh, things got a little interesting when the winner was announced. And anyway, I'll let you take a listen. This mama burner right here, y'all. <laughs> he must be the most restless person I ever met. He was here right now. Okay. Thank you very much, BET. Um, thank you, Africa, because 
because that's the constituency for which we got noticed in the first place. And the message from Berna, I believe, would be that every black person should please remember that you were Africans before you became anything else. Thank you. So a lot was said with so few words. Uh, first, she acknowledges that regardless of the international acclaim or recognition, she made it clear uh, that Africa and Nigeria were at the beginning. And something that you might want to think about is like whether you succeeded because of them or in spite of them. And also the second part, which seemed pretty innocuous to me, saying that all black people are Africans before they're anything else. And for some reason that made some people feel some type of way. And boy, did the xenophobia just jump out. Like, like, are you, what are you guys listening to? Like, you might not understand this, but, and when I say these folks, I'm talking about African-Americans and you might be listening right now, is that globally the black experience isn't centered around the African-American experience, okay? And that's something you shouldn't lose sight of. Especially when the whole thing stems from a statement that you can't really argue with. Like, life itself originated in Africa, whether you're Caucasian or black. So, you as an African American, how are you arguing with this fact? Anyway, shout out to Mama Barna, you know, she did the damn thing. Also, shout out to Tenny, uh, she was nominated for the best new international act. Alright, so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. flourishing in the abroad. Uh, Giannis Shino Atentokumpo 
Yes, his middle name is actually Sheena, not like that time I made up LeBron's middle name or something. Uh, he was named NBA MVP, the 24-year-old. Yeah, he's 24. That, that just makes me feel old. The 24-year-old became the fourth foreign-born player to win the MVP. Fifth, if you count Tim Duncan, because he's from the Virgin Islands. So also on the list is uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, and of course Nigeria's own Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Uh, the man named, nicknamed Greek Freak was born in Greece to Nigerian parents, but he wasn't actually granted Greek citizenship till 2013 because Greece doesn't have birthright citizenship. So all that time, he didn't actually have papers from Nigeria or Greece. But once they saw he developed into a star, Greece was like, no, no, that's, he's one of us. You can, you, you, you can claim us now. It's all good. And also of note, Pascal Siakam of the world champion uh, Toronto Raptors was named most improved player. And he, of course, is from Cameroon. So, you know, just Africans all around, just doing big things. And, uh, keeping up with this theme, uh, Divine Oduduru. Some of you might remember him from his post-race interview that went viral. I'll refresh your memories here. I feel happy. I feel grateful and I feel fulfilled. I'm happy because I never expected it, but God gave it to me. I'm grateful to him. Wow, the wind was very much. I was trying to push out and we were still taking me back, but I tried my best. I did my best. The final will be a deadly day. It's gonna be either with both of us gonna die on the line. Cause I'm ready to run into the lab because I have a black man blood in me. And African people, we are born great. I'm ready for it. Be careful this time, listen for the gun for a false start, hey? Yeah, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. And first of all, I can't believe it's already been six years. Yeah, that interview was from 2013. Well, fast forward to the present day, Divine has been a student athlete at Texas Tech University. And that's not one quick way university like that. That's Big 12, that's D1, upper level college athletics. And he was just named a male college athlete of the year. Like, that's something big. And I actually watched a couple of his races because they were broadcast on ESPN. And he like is out here setting records. And I think he has like the fastest time of the year in one event. And he made an announcement recently that he's decided to go pro. So he won't, he won't be representing Texas Tech anymore. He's going out and he's going to be his own man doing his own thing. And I feel like this is one of those situations where by getting out of Nigeria, he was able to, to like really flourish and realize his potential. And I don't want to feel like I'm just dumping on Nigeria or like the conditions that he grew up in or whatever, but when your default setting is survival, you really don't even have the chance to think about flourishing or making something else great happen. And so I look at it as the whole, like the rose that grows in the concrete and all that but man when you have like a comfortable surrounding it it breeds a lot of success and some might say hostile environments breed toughness and grit but it also leaves some deep-seated wounds that are difficult to heal and i'm just really happy for him that the fact that he has been able to turn in what was not necessarily a fledgling career but because he, he was 
successful in his own right at that time, but he has gone to another level since uh, getting to Texas. And I don't know if anyone wants to claim Anthony Joshua right now after he got rocked by Andy Ruiz. But when he was winning, he was British and Nigerian politicians were flying in to watch his fights under the guise of quote unquote Nigerian excellence. But now he's a man without a home. That's an obvious exaggeration, but one thing for sure is that six pack is only good for beer. Shelby is out here winning, feeling whether it's in winter or summer get you a chubster well I didn't even mean for that to rhyme but yeah Anthony Joshua got rocked by Andrew Ruiz and Andrew Ruiz is about to get a Snickers endorsement <laughs> that lets you know who your champion is and what is possibly the silliest portion of this whole thing Whew. God knows there's a laundry list of complaints when we when we talk about this country itself but bruh sometimes the people are the ones holding us back and so there was this story or a blog post basically someone somewhere posted something <laughs> involving an airplane seat and if you're scoffing right now yeah i'm scoffing with you so i'm going to read the post real quick so you can see where the biases clearly exist and where i'm trying to go with this so someone named tonya cole i guess posted this and i guess he's someone famous or something or rich or i don't know so he says met one of the greatest nigerians walking the earth today and as with other times he was genteel witty forthright and humble my smile gives me away as he permitted the picture whereas he would have prepared to get back to his newspapers then we boarded the flight and after assisting with his bags he took the window seat and promptly started reading again a few minutes later this young man baseball cap t-shirt to show his muscle chest and tattooed biceps boards the plane and tells the professor that he's on his seat, which he was. Those of us, including the cabin crew, tried to reason with Ogofine to let the old man be, but the chap refused. He insisted professor should vacate his window seat, and with, at which the old man quietly did for his original aisle seat next to him. I couldn't understand how we got to this point where we no longer have respect for elders, even if we are so ignorant of the great global personalities in our midst. Is it too much to act for an elderly man to be allowed to remain in a seat allotted to you in the same business class cabin and same row? No, wow. So, to that I say, well, to that I see a lot of things. A lot, a lot, a lot. And <laughs> you're just going to have to bear with me on this because For the uninitiated, Wally Shreka is a Nobel Prize winning author, writer. Basically, he knows big grandma. And a few things jump out to me in both the initial story and the response from people. One. So, it's based on, there were a lot of assumptions based on appearance. And I'm sure the women in the audience are like, mm hmm. How does it feel having negative traits tied to you all because of your dressing? Like, man's probably just put on a t shirt because, like, he's going to the bloody airport. Like, I mean, again, it's a common problem problem with Nigerians. And see, he was just like, like he had to describe him as if to make him sound more menacing than he really was. But I'll just move on. Next one is like, there's so much entitlement, especially when you're clearly in the wrong. And this can manif manifest in so many ways. And in this instance, it's like blindly seeding to an elder, like, and an elder who is unequivocally wrong. 
and then wrapping it in respect. If you believe anyone is quote unquote old respect, then everyone is old respect. And there can be dissertations written on where like being old means your behavior, your views, your actions basically go unopposed. It's kind of like the Nigerian way, essentially. And even when it's plain for all to see that this is just dead wrong, it is just accepted. Third one is just false modesty, and boy. So a lot of the reaction to this story, and I don't know if it's like the majority or not, but it was enough to notice. And they said they would allow him to sit in that seat. Like they wouldn't bother him or like try to get him to switch. And they do it as a show of respect. But then they were like, you know what? They're gonna use that hospitable gesture as an opening to, you know, pick his brain for pearls of wisdom or whatever English he can spare. And I'm like, so is, is that really respect or is it just a trade for what you now feel entitled to his time? And it would be so funny if y'all actually did that and he just shuts down any attempt you make to communicate and just pretends to sleep for the rest of the flight and now you're stuck in a seat you didn't want. I don't know, maybe he can teach you the difference between seat and sit, which was just... That made this whole debacle just even more unbearable. And some people just need to mind their own business. Of course, so I guess it sounds super hypocritical coming from someone who is putting, what is this, third or fourth hand knowledge out there about, or recollection of these events out there. But let's just put that aside for a second. So if you remember the initial post, like the Observer never actually spoke to the professor or Boba Fine or whatever. And so obviously none of them told him to make this thing public. And reportedly since then, a prof uh, Professor Shrenka released a statement after the whole thing took up a life of its own where he stated, as many had suspected, there was much ado about nothing. No words were exchanged with the other passenger beyond, uh, probably, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm sorry, that's my seat, and and he just got up and moved. And then the statement went on to refute uh, a few other claims because, you know, for every no scrubs out there, there's a no pigeons. So someone decided to clout chase and assume the role of Boba Fine, and he even created a pretty elaborate backstory well, maybe not elaborate, but disgusting in some ways, invoking the autistic spectrum or whatever. And it's like, it just begs the question, like, why? Like, the whole thing was just tasteless. And then he claimed later that it was satire. And I'm like, right, right. Like, did you, you had to inject yourself into this conversation just out of nowhere? And the whole thing just makes you say, Nigel, how far? Like, if we want to make things better like <laughs> the, the citizens the people we have to be better ourselves and then hopefully like even though it's supposed to trickle down maybe the virtue will trickle up all right we're gonna take a quick break here and then we'll be right back Let me tell me, Monica, 
Words to come, uh, you are gone, all depend, uh, take your chin, ride the boat, uh, I know feet, die for nothing, my nigga, words to come, uh, you are gone, all depend, take your chin, ride the boat, uh, I know feet, die for nothing, uh, make you no say anything when you do, they must commend it, I can't come and keep myself, so anything when you do, I they try to do it on my way, I can't come and keep myself, Plenty, plenty, plenty of our way we face Just to make your money day But my people can go say I know one buy I know one die I know one buy me I want enjoy I want job life I want buy motor I want build house I still want to know Tell me, tell me, Monica What's it come? Uh, G-Wag on All the Bentley Take your shit Ride the boat uh, I know feet Die for nothing Nigga, what's it gonna be? Uh, G-Wagon, all the Bentley, they got them, riding with me. Uh, I know feet, different things, them happening, schemes and packaging. In a one night for shows, I'm juggling, flow like the ocean, my boat, I'm paddling. Shout out Shinapella, that's my bro, my family, frozen trees. When it comes to money, I they concentrate. Make I tell you straight, you are not my mate. If you become a shot, I'll be head of state. But my people then go say, I know one buy, I know one die. I know one women, I want enjoy, I want job life, I want buy motor, I want build house, I still want to know. Tell me, tell me, my nigga, what's it come? Uh, G wagon, all depend, the kitchen, ride the foot, uh, I know feet, die for nothing. Uh, my nigga, what's it come? Uh, G wagon, all depend, the kitchen, ride the wood, uh, I know feet, die for nothing. So the WTF story of the week is usually something lighthearted where the subjects makes you wonder out loud in a humorous way. Unfortunately, this isn't one of those instances. Uh, I hate to bring such a sour mood to the proceedings, but the WTF seems appropriate here. I'll attach the article on the website, thewellactuallypod.com, in case anyone wants to see the details. I'll go over the highlights, well, the lowlights here, and some of the analysis of the case. So in 2018, a woman in Alabama who was pregnant was in an altercation and ended up getting shot in the stomach. She survived, but unfortunately she lost her pregnancy. And it was recently reported that the woman has been indicted on charges of manslaughter. So that's the first WTF. I'm sure you're wondering, like, what's told you talking about? Like, this is what happens when you try to read with one eye. Like, but no, I read it again with my good eye, and the officer involved said the only real victim here was the baby. That was a direct quote. Not the woman who had just lost a child or, you know, was shot in the freaking stomach. But don't worry, there are more WTFs to go around. So at this point, I'm sure you're thinking, well, what about the shooter? That person was forgotten like a similar charge or maybe even something heftier. Nope, no charges were brought at all. Like what in the flying frosty is going on here? And apparently there's this concept called personhood, which I admit I need to read up on more, but the broad strokes are that at fertilization or conception, AKA whatever anti-abortion folks consider the beginning of life, a fetus is afforded the same inalienable rights as a person. Except, of course, these rights always seem rather alienable when a pregnant woman is treated solely as a walking incubator. And everything about this story screams, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this isn't like, 
it seems like an extremely dark comedy sketch and the director fell asleep and just forgot to yell cut or something but no this is what's going on right now and it make if it makes you say wtf you won't be alone so i'm sorry to end the show on such a somber note i tried to mix in some jokes there at my expense but there will be time for laughs and sometimes it'll make you just want to punch the air so i want to thank you for listening though we try to do this every week i'm just happy i haven't committed publicly to a day yet but you know how it is uh, i've been all over the place don't forget to subscribe rate and review because that helps the podcast grow and be consumed by others who normally wouldn't see it and thanks to those of you who have been sharing the podcast because it's being listened to places i certainly can't take credit for i mean i could try but yeah i really do appreciate it uh, according to some of the metric the podcast has reached 20 different states and five different countries so i know i cannot take credit for that all by myself and remember if you like the podcast share it with your friends your families your lovers and if you don't like it share it with uh, soon to be ex or that annoying co-worker who comes to your desk to ask you a question just as an opening to talk about themselves i don't know i don't discriminate a listen is a listen listen to it in the shower and you better wash your legs uh listen to it while you're, in the, you're working out at the gym whether your treadmill is on two or ten don't worry your workout counts heck you can even listen to it on mute a few times i don't care just make sure it's on replay uh so now we've gotten that out the way with all the selling oh we'll try and do this again next week all right take care Thank you.